Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. Uh, my name is Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom call. It's Christopher William Glass. Hello, How you are you right? How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, yeah. Just uh, replaced the washing machine. Right, before, uh, before that, you start getting all geezer, you didn't replace the washing machine and I heard you, I heard you like sort of teeter off into the other room while actual mm-hmm. men arrived to install the washing machine. I, and I, no, no, and I could hear, and all I of a sudden you went from being kind of um, you know, slightly, you know, nerdy camp Chris to like, yeah, all right, fellas, yeah, yeah, just stick it in over there. Yeah, cheers, lads. Like you become Uber geezer Firstly, when they I'm, arrived. I'm not nerdy, uh, in my return of the Jedi T shirt. <laughs> Secondly, I opened I did open the front door. My mum opened the front door. Yeah. So I did not, nothing in that transaction, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. There's nothing nerdy about living with your mum. Nothing. <laughs> um, okay. Uh... <laughs> well, I'm 40. That's absolutely acceptable. Don't you say in my life. <laughs> All right. So um, uh, what we should do is uh, some quick acknowledgements of our sponsors. So I'll kick things off um, with a lot of love to Luke Van Boom of Bang Boom Creative, who's um, uh, alongside uh, Charles has been our, our, our two longest sponsors. And, and yeah, both of them collectively are just ace fellas. Um, Luke's been poorly lately, so uh, I hope you're doing all right. It seems like he's feeling better from some of the messages we've been uh, exchanging on our little WhatsApp group. Um, so he runs Bang Boom Creative, which does uh, kind of um, videography and stuff, puts together really, really kind of cool content for, you know, lots of charities, uh, children in need, um, the Katie Piper Foundation. And uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's just an all round top lad, um, as is Charles. But I'll let you tell uh, our readers what they can, our readers, our listeners, what they can get from Charles at Love Beer. Uh, not a lot from Charles. He's not as nice as Luke, is he? I'd no, say. he's not as nice. Um, Charles is more a B-class uh, sponsor, I would say. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, Charles. I mean, we've got him coming on next week. I can't wait, mate. <laughs> uh, Charles, as longest sponsor, he runs love beer, love-beer.co.uk. Uh, if you put in the discount code LBHCLP, you will get yourself 15% off and... We'll be recording with them next week. We're going to do uh, top five beers. And you can buy those beers from Love Beer at the moment. 
So when you come to listen to our podcast with Charles, you can drink them in the same order as us um, and have that experience with us as well. Yeah, that'd be, that'd absolutely. You, you can you can find yourself in a in a blurred state of mind where you can talk exactly the same level of bollocks that we're probably going to be talking after about exactly. 40 minutes. Um, and our last sponsor is our most recent uh, addition to the, the sponsorship gang, and that's Egg Fried, www.eggfried.com. And they create streetwear, skatewear, kind of really, really kind of cool... Um, just, yeah, streetwear is probably the best way to describe it. If you like, you like hip-hop and skating and, and kind of... Almost there's a nice little kind of like 90s vibe to it as well, I think. And mm. uh, that kind of uh, anime thing as well. There's, there's, there's lots of good stuff there. And just go and mm. have a look at the website because uh, we was lucky to get some, some Christmas presents from them. And, the, you know, not only is the, the garment itself like shit art, like the way that it arrives and well, not the way that it arrives, but the, not the, by the helicopter, the, don't you yeah. <laughs> just, just, just chop it in. But, uh, but no, the actual, um, like packaging and that and the stuff that you get with your orders is really, really cool. And, uh, and again, you can save, um, a load of pennies when you go and use the, um, discount code. Uh, what is it, Chris? It's egg salad. There you go. So put that in and save yourself some pan notes. Um, Right, well, let's get on with um, today's episode. Um, we've got a special guest today, uh, and that guest is joining us from uh, the from Scotland, the Highlands, and uh, and that's Stacey Paris. Good morning. Hello. How you doing? I'm not too bad. It's been a, a rough morning so far, but settled down now. Got my coffee. Everything's good. <laughs> Things can get much worse on this podcast, Stacey. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever done an intro like that before. Uh, but <laughs> Def, Definitely. Put your guest at ease. It's going to get worse. This is, this is the point. This is the high point of the chat. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, thanks for coming on. Much appreciated, Stacey. And, and hopefully your, your day does get better. We'll try our best to uh, well, do that. Like, um, Stacey, I, I, I kind of uh, met you... Uh, on, on, on Instagram, when you, you, you commented on um, something uh, on, on Off the Beaten Track podcast, and uh, and then I saw a, a video where you was just where you was talking, and, and I just thought it was really really interesting and inspiring, and and then I, I know very little about your your story, um, but you know we, we've we've spoke briefly before this, you know that you said that it, you know it's it's. It's got lots of press, and and you know you've been very vocal about it, and yeah. and so I just thought it'd be really nice to kind of get you on to kind of talk through your journey. But you've been, you, you know, it, it appear from from what I do know about your your, your journey that it's, it's not been a particularly easy one, uh, and so you've also had the genius stroke of combining telling your story with. Um, possibly one of the most uh, ridiculous top fives we've ever done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're in good company because Chris is going to like lose I'm, his mind at I'm this top five. You even said the word most ridiculous. Probably <laughs> one of the best fives we're ever going to do. Uh, Stacey, would you like I to... I agree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so your top five today, Stace, is going to be? It's going to be the top five childhood cartoon theme songs oh so good absolutely so good I, we're spoilt for choice uh, on that so i can't i can't wait to hear your top five and uh, maybe we'll sprinkle a, a few in the mix uh, as well oh, there are, there are 
so many good cartoons growing up. I mean, I had in-depth discussions with my brother about this. So we're like just under a year and a half apart in age. So we obviously grew up watching them together and still watch them from time to time. Or, you know, we'll talk about something that we've remembered about a cartoon. So we got to discuss this quite in depth, which was quite fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's me looking through rose tinted glasses. I guess I don't watch a lot of that many kids shows now, um, probably more than most um, 40 year old men who live with their mum do. Mm. And um, but but when I look back to, to the cartoons and, and the theme tunes of my childhood, oh man, they, there's some they do something to me, like they get me so pumped up and excitable. Um, I don't know, it's just a magic, it was a magical time. And my era was quite actiony as well in terms of cartoons. And I, th I think maybe more cartoons now, kids growing up with things like Peppa Pig, which seem awesome. I've got no criticism of any cartoon that's out these days. But to be honest with you, my era was quite violent, really, and, uh, and epic. And there was lots of action and adventure in them. And the theme tunes were just absolutely bombastic and fun. So, yeah. I mean, I think... I think sort of the thing with cartoons now is it's changed from being just all about being fun to being sort of more educational. And I'm not saying some of them weren't. I mean, you look at things like Raggy Dolls and mm. the theme tune to Raggy Dolls basically said, it's okay to not be the same as everybody else. Yeah. But now you've got things like Dora the Explorer, which I was subjected to quite a lot when my niece was younger and she's trying to teach me Spanish. And there was, there was nothing like that when, when I was growing up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you know, that's a, that's a really good point. And, and I was subjected to a hell of a lot of Dora the Explorer. And uh, because, you know, as, a, as, as most parents uh, are aware, if your kid's doing your head in, put a cartoon on and you can literally plonk them in front of it and, and get on with doing something that you need to do. And so, you know, it was things like Dora the Explorer, and it is so true, it become educational. You know, it wasn't, there weren't a bad guy involved in, in you know, Dora the Explorer. It was just an adventure that, that involved speaking Spanish invariably. And uh, But I guess, I guess growing up, obviously, you know, I, I don't know if you want to sort of make some kind of comment now, Chris, about the cartoons when I was growing up, were probably all in black and white and stuff <laughs> like that. But, uh they hadn't invented uh, cartoons. <laughs> yeah, I used to get one of them like books and just flick it, and a little character <laughs> in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, look, what what's going to be your number five, Stace? My number five is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, oh gosh! <laughs> oh, he's in, he's in my five as well. That that sucked. Not only the scene, the sound, but the rap is great. Oh, it was, or as as it, um, me and my brother describe it as well, uh, Tom Selleck and Indiana Jones. <laughs> versions. That's amazing. But when I, I re-watched a lot of the cartoon theme tunes and this one, I was singing for days. It was just completely stuck in my head. And I kept singing it to the dog and she's just looking at me like... No, no, you've 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 lost it now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know it, so who's going to sing it? I'm going to take a hard pass on that one. <laughs> Christopher, we're the chipmunks. 
C-H-I-P-M-U-N-K. There you no, go, there's a little bit. Oh, you, oh, was yours Chip and Dale, sorry? That's the chipmunk. Sorry, did you say Chip and Dale? Yeah. Sometimes, some crimes, go slipping through the cracks, but these two gum shoes are picking up the tracks. There's no place too big, no place too small. If you need help, just call ch 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 chip and Dale. And oh, yeah, I remember that bit. Yeah, I know that one. Just ch ch chip and It's just so mysterious how it starts. It's fucking, yeah, it's a banger. I can't believe you did. Was you watching them lyrics then? Did you just rattle that off? No, I just, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a, a man of um, fine tastes. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess... Do you, do you want to throw one in around that era then, Chris? I don't want to risk it because I think I'm going to let Stacey um, do a few more and then maybe I'll start. Because I I, 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 I I suspect if Chip and Dow was one of Stacey's that we'd be huge. I don't want to steal Stacey's thunder here, right? It's, a, mm. it's an important top five here. You might not give a shit, Stu, because you like your, your bands and you, you, know, you made up bands like Gene or Squeeze or the Sex Pistols, but... This is real. This is a real top five for so me. Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, so did you did you like the cartoon Chippendale as well? Stacey? I did. It was one of the ones I used to to watch quite a lot. Um, I mean, I think some of the theme tunes in my top five weren't wouldn't necessarily be my favourite cartoons, mm. and that's why I had to sort of make that distinction because. For me, like the theme tune was a big part of it, and then the cartoon was also a big part of it. So they would be two completely separate top fives for me. Well, I, I could probably safely throw some in the mix then, because mine are going to be from the kind of early eighties. Uh, uh, ben was a cartoon, firstly. Right. See if you recognise this. Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For anyone uh, not watching this on video, Stu's playing this off an old gramophone. <laughs> Jamie and his magic torch. <laughs> See? <laughs> Like, it was just proper psychedelic glam rock. Like, I don't know like, what it is. It was just this trippy kid going down a helter-skelter with all this kind of psychedelic graphics to that kind of tune. Like, what? I mean, I, can't, I don't actually remember too much about the cartoon other than he had a, a torch that would just project something that... Yeah, I, I do remember thinking it was really good, and I've just seen another one uh, below that that's from maybe a point where the eras of our childhoods maybe have crossed over, so I won't say say anything uh, about that. Um, but, yeah, well, I guess, like, how would you sort of start to sort of, you know, the, 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 to, to introduce the early sort of part of, of, of your, your sort of journey, really, that, that that's, that's kind of sort of taken up, you know, or dominated so much of, you, you know, your recent years? Yeah, well, it was it, it started in 2009 and I was actually on holiday in France um, and I just started getting really like, fluish, not feeling very well, had a sore foot, but then I also had toothache at the same time. So I thought I was just 
generally run down and you know just needed a rest and then I came back and like my foot started getting really sore to the point where I was struggling to put weight on it so I thought I have to go and get this checked out I'm gonna go to A&E but it was a Monday night and how old was your space I was 2009-23. So, I mean, I had a good run with two legs. (laughs) But um, it was Monday night. So, Monday night was pub quiz and karaoke. So, I had to go to pub quiz and karaoke first. So, I sauntered in to A&E about 2 a.m. I hadn't really, like, phoned my mum or... You know, a few of my friends knew that I was there and eventually I had to get my mum to come up and they had said, you know, we think your foot's really infected. We're going to like take you into surgery. We're going to open it up. We're going to clean it out and send you on your way. Um, so I got checked into the hospital and um, they basically opened opened me up and closed me back up straight away again. And they came to me and said, there's nothing left of the inside of your big toe. It's completely degraded. It's all dead. We need to amputate your toe. And like at 23, having... It's, it's weird to look back on it now because now I, I have this sort of, all right, okay, here we go again bring it on but then there were hysterics and I mean absolute hysterics like they were chopping part of me off yeah and you know they'd said um oh it's just a routine operation you know be fine you'll be in and out and then we'll get you on a ward for a bit of recovery and you can go home um and I remember waking up after the operation and all I remember is coughing and coughing and coughing and not being able to catch my breath. And I remember hearing someone else that was in the room with me shouting for a nurse and the nurse running into the room and just hearing all these alarms going off and me getting wheeled out of the room. And then I kind of have like bloody memories of them trying to put an oxygen hood on me and things like that. And I, no, that was not, no, that was horrible. Um, and the next thing I remember, I'm waking up with these tanks and machines above my bed. I have a tube in my throat. I have all these machines attached to me. And no idea what was going on. No idea. And is, and is this literally like X amount of hours after you've just done karaoke and popped into a and just to get your foot well, looked at? I mean, I think, I don't really know how long I was... Um, they had to put me, a, a, they had to intubate me and they had to put me in a coma because what had actually happened is my lungs had filled up with fluid because of septic shock um, and they had to try and drain it all off of my lungs and keep me going. But apparently, according to my mum, there was, I was wheeled into resource at points and times and there was crash carts going in behind me and I was taken for MRIs and you know, they were basically told there's there's a very good chance that she's not going to make it. And to me, I woke up and I was like, oh, man, I'm still in a hospital. And looked at my mum and was like, she's like, what do you want? Iron brew. She was like, <laughs> no. 
it didn't the severity of it at the time it never registered with me and it didn't actually register with me the whole time I was in intensive care recovering like I was learning how to play tunes on the machines because I was attached to so many of them I learned if I moved my elbow this one went off if I moved this hand this one went off so it was quite fun to start playing tunes and the nurses would all come running for the first few days until we realized I was just doing it again um I had no idea and then when I was leaving intensive care and they actually sent me straight home um from ICU with a hole in my throat after you know being on life support um after being in a coma after being resuscitated they were just like to my mum there you go she's yours now um can I I ask something did they did they you know, when they obviously discovered what was going on with your toe, did they give you a reason for it at that point? Or did they just sort of go, oh, your toe's fucked, so we'll, we'll whip that off? And um... They did try to find out, um, but every test they tried to do, nothing would grow, nothing would culture in a lab. Um, and they didn't know the reason for that either, so they didn't know where it had come from they didn't know how long it had been there but they think that from the state of the inside of my foot i'd been nursing it for for a while um and it just hadn't shown it no symptoms there was nothing to say that it was happening but it was all going on inside my foot um so yeah that was that was sort of the first experience there have been so many after that (laughs) Well, but it's it's the thing is like looking at my story the one thing a lot of people wonder is how the fuck are you still alive huh. um because there's been so many near-death experiences so many septic shocks there's been multiple life supports there's been i have no i don't i have no idea how i'm still alive i'm damn glad i am but no idea. That is crazy. Well, it just feels so weird to now then just go, let's talk about another cartoon theme. <laughs> <laughs> In the middle a little bit. <laughs> well, um, we, we'll pick back up on, 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 on obviously, the, you know, subsequent, you know, kind of, points in 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 your journey but um i guess it's i guess it's going to be quite fun to kind of pepper it with with some laughs and and and, and to talk about cartoon themes hey, so uh, my thinking smart <laughs> exactly exactly um what's your number four then stice so my number four is going to be the poddington peas <laughs> <laughs> and this is one that i still remember all the words to and in fact like me and my mum have this running joke and we've had it for ages that I love peas. So every time peas get mentioned, <laughs> I sing the theme tune to her and in the most out of tune, childish voice that I can, <laughs> just piss her off because that is my right as a child. Um, 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 what, what, what would that sound like, Stacey? No. No, no. <laughs> Do you know it, Chris? I know it starts and um, down at the garden mm, <laughs> by the birds and the bees. Da, 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 are the pod in some peas. <laughs> I kind of, it was catchy. 
I kind of always, it always wigged me out that, you know, as bizarre as my sort of like imagination was, maybe it stopped at a, a, a cartoon about vegetables. Uh, that's where I got confused. It was brilliant though. They had little faces on and stuff like that. Yeah, it was. I think the reason I love the theme tune is because it was just so happy and it was. like the, the cartoon just had all these peas dancing at a festival. <laughs> and you're like, like it's good that makes it good and it is really catchy and just happy and yeah so it's, it's very upbeat. upbeat they didn't know they were about to get eaten no no i don't think they did but i like the the fact that there was also good and bad peas so they had they had even even in a cartoon about peas in the late 80s early 90s they had bad guys yeah, the bad peas. So the bad peas, I'm, I'm just watching it now. The bad peas, I imagine it's the one with the kind of... <laughs> one's got like sinister kind of eyebrows and the other one's got like a bigger lump who looks like the muscle that's also got an eye patch. <laughs> I, I, I imagine they're the bad guys uh, from yeah. uh, from the Poddington peas. That's incredible. Them, them if I, if I was going to get a tattoo of a cartoon, I'd have that on my arm, that bad guy, the, a pea with an eye patch. Can't get harder than that, I don't reckon. Um, Chris, do you want to throw one in, or are you just concerned now just, that you're? I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, have you got any in with ducks? Yes. There we go. You see, that's what I'm worried about, Stu. You see? But there are, there are two with ducks. There are two with ducks. There are, two. Yes, there are one with multiple ducks, which is in, and there is one with a vegetarian vampire duck. Which both not- both strong both strong theme tunes, right? Yeah. What one what one have you got? The group of ducks or the vegetarian vampire? So we can talk about Count Docula because that's not that just messed out because I did love Count. In fact, I think I've still got a Count Docula t-shirt somewhere. Oh. Uh, I, I loved Count Docula. I loved it so hard I had Count Docula bed sheets. Not that it's a competition on who loves him more. <laughs> Um, but How's the theme but, tune go, Chris? Oh, do you know, it starts with uh, the, the, the big lightning bolt and then it does the intro of how he gets made and then it goes, oh, fucking hell, there's nothing saying in Transylvania. Um, in the heart of Transylvania, in the vampire hall of fame, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how does the beat, I can't, honestly, it's slipping me how the beat goes on uh, Count Duckula at the moment. Oh, I, yeah. s- I remember it, but like, it. I think like my brother would have watched it, but like I-, I do remember it, and I do remember it being like quite big. I do remember sort of seeing yeah, it was uh, a-, a-, a can duckula everywhere. Um, oh. yeah, I uh, no, I-, I couldn't find it, but I just I, I literally spotted one that um, uh, right, okay, right. Uh, right. Uh, Chris, Chris, Chris. Yes. Sorry. We need to. We, yes. Uh, we just. Uh, I think we need to pause this a sec because it's oh, okay. saying that my disk space has run out. So I need to just delete something to. Okay. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Let's, let's, uh, sh- shall I pause on my recording? Uh, no. Hang on. We might be all right to just continue. Hang on. Let me just see if that's done. Okay. Uh. 
The thing with, I tell you, the thing is with Count Dracula, it was a great theme tune, but where they kind of messed up a bit is there's like this big intro to his story because I was just watching a little bit of it. Great production value, this Stacey, basically. We've asked you on a podcast where Stu's system goes down and I just start watching YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's, that's the world we live in now. Um, and, like, and it was really catchy, but they didn't, I don't remember the theme, like there wasn't a bigger chorus. I think you picked. You have picked the superior duck theme yeah. tune. Yeah. Definitely. I, mean, you really I, have. I think there's a there's a lot of cartoon theme tunes from that sort of era that there's a lot of talking to the introduction. And then yeah. there's the start of this potentially really amazing theme tune, and they just cut it short because the amount of talking they've done. And I mean, some of the car one, especially one of them. The cartoons that I loved I mean, um, was Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, and my God. They, the didn't even, they didn't even have a theme tune. Well, they was, just yeah, had was, a whole talking intro. Exactly. It was really weird you say that, because when you said about Dora the Explorer <laughs> and like, kids learning lessons, I was thinking, yeah, what lesson did I get at the time where the, the guys in Dungeons and Dragons went into a cave full of goblins and, and Eric forgot his shield? I mean... <laughs> That's not that doesn't really help in real life. But oh, Dungeons and Dragons was Yeah, always bring your shield. I must say, although it didn't have a theme tune, again it was very big, wasn't it? And it scared it used to scare me to start Dungeons and Dragons and they, they went in on the roller coaster and then they go into this other world that's got fuck dragons with five heads and Venjo, who's one of the best villains of all time. Yeah, it was great, Dungeons and Dragons, I've got to say it. But have you watched it recently? When was the last time you watched it? Um I, see, I did watch it on YouTube a few days ago just because I got <laughs> into a YouTube hole of cartoons. <laughs> As you do. As you do. I'm gonna, can I throw a quick one in now? Go on in, mate. Um, none of yours, uh, Stace, are made out of plasticine, are they? No. Oh, right. Great one. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go for the trapdoor. Um I don't know. Do you ever you remember the trapdoor? Yeah, don't you open that trapdoor. Trap yeah. Oh, like when that come out, I just absolutely loved it. Literally, you could get trapdoor plasticine, and I remember going and buying trapdoor plasticine to make my own little Bert and like and 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 bones, and just have these like kind of. I know you just think when you're at school, I just thought oh, I could make a TV show out of plasticine. It must be really easy, and obviously not. Just take about a year to do like one episode. But uh, I remember thinking it was totally plausible that I could do that. And, uh, yeah, I just thought that theme tune was amazing. It was banging. It's really mm. good. I, I really think we could, like, when, when this all gets, uh, when this COVID nonsense ends, I, say, I don't mean to trivialise how horrible it is for everyone. Once it ends, I'll, I'd be up for doing a club night where we just did cartoon theme tunes all night long. I could, I could get, that, that would actually be my cup of tea. Imagine having a few beers and getting on the dance floor to like <laughs> cartoon theme tunes. Amazing. We'd call the, you'd have to call the night Looney Tunes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> Stu, as always. Stu, whenever we do Club Night, Stu always names him because he's always got a, a witty. Yeah, it's great, mate. Um. <laughs> Oh, that's right, day. So, at twenty-three, uh, and 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 I'm I'm tr- I'm really not trying to sort of trivialise this in any way. I'm obviously it's a you know it's a very delicate subject. I'm trying to kind of form these weird tenuous links from talking about trapdoor and Count Dracula to then talking about something that's obviously been fucking horrific. Be as blunt and straightforward as you need to be because I don't I don't get easily offended by all this like stuff you know I'm, i've had over a decade of it now i'm more than used to it do you have okay. what's your sort of sense of humor do you have gallows humor with it state how how do you cope with trauma because we all we all handle things differently i have a very very dark sense of humor so i think sometimes i freak my friends out when i speak very bluntly about things or, and make a joke of it and then i've got other friends who would never do that about their own personal circumstances or their, their friends. How, how do you cope? Oh, with I have more leg jokes than anyone else. <laughs> right. I'm really lucky that with my family, they're not the, oh, poor you, or, you know, delicately, softly, softly type. I mean, I remember after one of my operations, being in my mum's house, my brother's there, my mum's there, and my mum had a bag of, it's like galaxy sweets or something. And I'd said to her, like, can I have one? She put them in the fucking light shade and went, if you can get them, you can have one. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, seriously? <laughs> and I had, I had no leg at the time, so I'm in a wheelchair and I'm like, well, not be getting one of them then, will I? <laughs> I, I have to be honest, like, it's... I'm not being anywhere remotely um, in, in your situation. I, I think all of us go through sh- weird tra- tragedies or our, our family do. And I don't know if it ever helps to be overly protective about it. Like, if you, there, there's a time and a place, don't get me wrong, and there's a time when probably a, 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 a joke will go down like a lead balloon or whatever. But I don't know. Like, the, the more you veer away from a subject and the more you protect it, the less normal it is. And actually, all these things that we go through, it might not be normal for all of us to, say, go through the fucking horrific things that you had. But if we... But shit events and um, our, our varying degrees of health is a normal thing. And if we don't talk about it and don't laugh about it, and if we can't, then it isn't... Then you're not making it a, a thing that is normal and we should... and Or, or accepted. And, 
Yeah, I I've always said, you know, like when people say, oh, you know, I can never do what you've done. I'm like, well, you don't know that because you've not been in my situation. And the worst thing you've ever gone through is comparable to the worst thing I've ever gone through because it's the worst. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, I, to me, I can deal with this, but, you know, if anything happened to my face, I'm really bad with even a cold or, you know, like if something bops me on the nose or I hit my head, I crumple up into this little ball of patheticness. Um, if that's even a word, who knows? Um, but, you know, chop me to pieces and I'm absolutely fine. I will get up and get on with it. Yeah. But there are some things that I see people dealing with and I think that is amazing. Um, but then, you know, it was like, so my mum's best friend, who I called Auntie Linda, um, my mum and her sort of got, got together again after years and years of not seeing each other. And we found out she had terminal cancer. And for me, you know, I was like, my my God, woman, like you, you're amazing because her attitude was unreal. Like she was the most positive, lighthearted, still the same. And I'm thinking, but you know, this is, this is going to be the end for you at some point. And I remember her putting on social media one time, it was when I'd gone through one of my operations, you know, like, such a she called she called me you know such a strong woman and you know our mother too and I'm thinking uh -uh, no 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 compared to you like I'm going through nothing but that's not how she saw it so you know I think it's from different perspectives and like I say the worst you've gone through is the worst you've gone through so I don't I don't ever compare myself to anyone or say that I'm worse off than anyone because I don't think that I am no. So, so, so from having your uh, your big toe removed to to coming home, did you kind of think that that was going to kind of be it? And yeah. yeah, nobody had ever said any different. Um, it wasn't until about uh, was it about five or six months later um when it started again in another part of my foot and this time it was a lot more aggressive it was a lot worse and it was a lot quicker and I'd went into hospital and spent the week no 10 days having seven operations to remove toes bits of my foot you know the sole of my foot and oh. Um, they gave me a break for my 24th birthday. <laughs> so that was a delightful birthday. Um, that was also the birthday they gave me so many trippy drugs in the hospital that I was hallucinating. And I mean, I sat up at one point, looked into the middle of the room and everyone's like, what is it? And I was like, please tell me someone can see that. And I swear to this day, I could see a really tall, thin woman standing in the middle of the hospital ward in a big floppy hat and a blue dress holding a tray of fruit. Oh. No idea where that came from. Yeah. I really hoped you was going to say holding a tray of galaxy chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's so strange. 
That's such a weird thing to say, but yeah. Yeah, I have no idea where it came from, but that it was it was real, so real to me. And uh, I think that was the point where they were like, okay, less morphine for you. And so at this point, had you kind of got a, a sort of diagnosis as to as to what was causing this kind of aggressive, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know what you call it, aggressive, you know, disease in your in your foot? No, this, not at this point. Um, it wasn't until I think maybe two stints after that because... It was all, it was different surgeons that I'd seen. So the first sort of two lots were um, one of the surgeons that's actually now, I think, chief chief of surgery. Um, and then the second one was an awful, awful man. Um, so when he had operated on me and you know, people in the ward had actually told nurses to go and get my mum because of the way he was speaking to me. And I was just in floods of tears. You know, this guy is like trying to hack me apart and I'm in floods of tears. And he's, you know, basically telling me to stop being such a stupid little girl. Um, Jesus. Yeah, it was like, well, this is going to happen to you, whether you like it or not. And I still obviously haven't accepted it at that point because... At that, at that time, I was like, at what point do you accept parts of your body getting chopped off like it's nothing? And that was sort of how he'd made me feel about it. So after we sort of kicked up a big fuss about that, I ended up with um, the, the chief of surgery, who was this amazing man. He had this sort of great bedside manner, this great way of giving me the worst news possible and taking no nonsense, but doing it so that it wouldn't crumple me every time. And he was very in my corner. He was very friendly. He was very personable. And he always called me his favourite patient. <laughs> and yeah, he, like, he was great with me. And so when I got him, he had come back and... He knew that I liked things to be explained to me. You know that thing where you're in a hospital and doctors come round and they do all the medical jargon to each other and then don't tell you what they've said. Oh, yes, it's disgraceful. Yeah, he used to he used to make the other doctors talk to me. I'd be sitting there like, "Hello." Um, so he had come round and basically said, "It's it's a flesh eating bug." It's, it's necrotizing fasciitis and it's a flesh-eating bug. And basically what it is, a bacteria that kills and destroys the fascia layer of your muscle. Um, once that happens, it's there's nothing you can do to save it because it's like your muscles like dying from the, in, the outside in. Um, so yeah, eventually I found out it was that and at this point, I had been in bandages for God knows how long. I hadn't had the normal foot. I had big chunks missing out of my foot. Because it was like an infection, they had to see if it was coming back. So it wasn't like my foot was sewn up. It was open. I could see the tissue, the muscles, everything on the inside of my foot, 
on a daily basis when I was changing the bandages, which eventually I learned, I learned how to do it all myself. It was basically, that just became part of my life where I got up in the morning, had a shower, I did my dressings. Um, and it was strange because it's not something that I think anybody should ever have to get used to, but it's something that a lot of people do and it's, mm, it's, it's a weird thing. Stacey, I, 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 I'm, I'm really queasy. So I'm, I, I like horror films and stuff like that. And but when it comes to my brother works in theatres, hospitals, um, and he's the opposite of me. And, and I, I can't really handle things, even blood. I'm not too, too good with. So even you explaining that to me now, it just it's so I have such an, a strong image of that and i just can't imagine how it is how you you, you come to deal with it you know like how did you do that how do what, what was your coping system for it i think just the belief that it'll get better that's fine it's just keep going keep pushing it'll get better you know it's not the end it's you're still here it's just a foot sort of thing um but it didn't stop. That was, it was, eventually I got to three and a half years of being in and out of hospital, like every, I'd say about three months to have another bit chopped off, to have, you know, more surgery, more recovery, more drugs and it was this your foot or is it or is this now starting to sort of oh, no, move this, this, is still my, this is still my foot and i think what the surgeon had done he'd been really amazing in that they kept this going i think more than anything for me because they knew it wasn't salvageable like i wasn't going to end up with a foot but he wanted to give me excuse me enough time to come around to the idea of losing my leg um and by the end of that three and a half years my my foot was smaller than my hand and i have tiny tiny little hands i was barely walking on it it was so i'd i'd had to all the toes removed and the bones underneath it and now a big chunk out of the side of my foot as well so it was it was just this little mangled mess of nothing. There was basically nothing left of it. And it was at that sort of point where they'd said to me, you know, there's nothing left we can do. You're going to have to lose it. And I was just like, right, fine, let's just do it because I'm so sick of this now. Um, and that was the sort of... Do you... Do you equate that, you know, that that kind of what you just said there of like let, let's just do it, like do you do you equate that to that you know maybe that doctor's constant smaller operations to allow that time for you to kind of comprehend that this might be an, you know an outcome of this that you might lose your foot. Do you you know do you think that that had almost prepared you for it as he'd probably aimed yeah. to do so? I think I think. You know, I was just so sick of being in this limbo where I'm losing 
my twenties, where I'm supposed to be doing my growing up yeah. and you know, my having fun, my going on holiday with friends and <sighs> deciding what I want to be when I grow up. And I lost all of that to being constantly in and out of hospital, constantly sick, constantly in recovery and pain, you know, on all these medications, which were, you know, the result of the medications were, you know, I was really thin, I was very frail, my hair was all falling out, it was, it wasn't really like, it wasn't living, it was just sort of surviving. Um, and so, you know, when they were saying to me, you know, we need, we need to take the leg, it was like, right, fine, okay, so if you take the leg, that's, that's the monkey foot gone and it's gone far enough up that this is the end. And like, it was basically like, well, yeah, we think so. Yeah. Um, so I went into hospital, signed <coughs> the consent form, and then got intubated into another coma with sepsis again. <laughs> um, and because I'd obviously signed the consent form, it was like, right, we'll get rid of this leg before we wake her up. Woke up in intensive care again, like, off my tits on God knows how many drugs and sedatives. And I looked down and all I remember was thinking, the bastards have taken a toe off my other foot. And I'm sitting trying to count my toes. And the nurse is going, you do realize you've had your leg amputated? And I'm like, yeah, 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 but my other foot. She's like, no, that's fine. And I was more concerned about that than than the fact that I just had my leg amputated. <laughs> That's wild. But also, like, it's understandable because of the journey, like, you've explained that journey you've been on. Like, you, you, uh, the other foot at that time, had there been many other signs of it? No, it was oh, exactly. absolutely fine. Of course, absolutely fine. course you feel like that. I, I totally understand that. You'd have, you know, there might have been a part of you know, there's part of your, you seem like a hopeful per person and, and that's what gives you your grit to continue, right? But part of hope is you, 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 you say what you're grateful for, right? So, you know, if you're grateful for you've got your other leg, because the other one, you sort of like, as you say, the doctor has progressed back and it's helped you sort of build up to that eventuality. But then to see your other toe come off must have been fucking, I, I get it. I understand why that's definitely yeah. more distressing. Yeah. Um... And I mean, I, I had I had a good oh, couple of years with just one leg. And you know, that was it was great because I went back to work, I went to college, I like I started to have a normal life again. Mm. Um and it was it was one of the positive things to come out of being in hospital is it made me realise that. I was actually quite good at science. Um, so, you know, having all this, what's going on with you, explained to me and what what they're doing and what kind of drugs they're giving me. And I'm the type of person that I'll go off and I'll read all about it by myself. And I found that, I found it really interesting and I actually stuck. So I ended up going to college to do biochemistry. And wow. it was, it was sort of when I was at college, I remember 
coming home one day and I took off my other boot and I saw this blood blister on the sole of my foot and it was like this absolute feeling of dread that I knew it was starting again just from a blister I don't know how I knew but I just knew that okay that's it's gonna it's gonna keep going but with that one I'd already made the decision that I'm not going through three and a half years of this again. You know, I'm, my mum says one of my greatest strengths is my stubbornness. My, like, I am completely unwilling to give up regardless of what is getting thrown at me. Um, and it was sort of that way where I'd already decided if it's going to go down the same route as the other one did, I'm going to opt to have that one amputated as well. Um, what's so, yeah, what's that, the sort of procedure there, Stacey? Like, is that something you can say? Like, look, I don't want, you know, it, it might only be here at the moment, but I don't want another three years of whatever. You know, can you just chop my leg off at the, at the at the knee or whatever? Can you, you know, are they conversations that can be had? And I don't know, what's the sort of yeah, red tape around that? I think with, with what I had, it is very aggressive, it doesn't really respond well to a lot of antibiotics. Um, you know, it's one of the things is when it's cut out or when all the dead bits and things are cut out, you can't really see if there's any of it left behind until it starts growing and killing flesh and That's things again. So if it was to start going down the same route, the likelihood would be that it would never stop. So that is a conversation that it's possible to have. Um, I didn't get that lucky. It got into my bone. And as I was leaving a nightclub, uh, like I just went down. And um, it turns out that my heel bone had snapped in half. Fuck. So that was the other one gone because there's no reattaching your heel bone. It was just in the x-ray, it was just kind of floating in the distance. And, you know, the, the, I went, I remember going to the clinic and the doctor was kind of, this is your x-ray. I don't really know what I'm looking at here. Um, and I think it was more because, you know, there was already bones and bits missing. So it didn't look like a foot x-ray. And I took one look at it and I was like, oh, can, could you go get my surgeon and just tell him it's me. And um I could hear him coming along the hall going, oh, it's Stacy. What's Stacy got today? And he walked <laughs> in, looked at the x-ray, and he went, that's not a happy foot. And I was like, no. And he went, so when? And I went, when are you thinking? And he went, well, I can have you in next week. And, you know, it was just sort of like, I need to stay calm. I need to stay calm. I need to stay calm. And the other doctor sort of looking going, what just happened there? And I was like, oh, I'm having my leg amputated. And I remember being quite calm until I walked out of the hospital and went to phone my mum to tell her and I just burst into tears. Like, I can't believe this is going on again. Stacey. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like bursting into tears for you now. It's just, no, it's... don't. No, no, because... So, ultimately, do you know what? It's been... A pretty horrific journey. I'm not going to lie about that. It's had its ups and its downs. It's been quite hard. 
but everything that sort of come out of it, you know, like I found out, you know, what I wanted to do. I got to go to uni. I, I got to have this crazy modeling career and have my story told around the world. I, I learned a lot from it, which helped me become the person that I am now, who I actually like. And I was thinking about this the other day and it's like, would I like my legs back? Yeah. Would I trade everything I've got from my journey to have my legs back? Absolutely not. So when I say this to people, they look at me like I've got three heads. I always say, ultimately, it's been a positive thing for me. Yeah. Um, I might be missing a few body parts, but that, it, that's not me. That's not who I am. You know, that's just something that happened to me. Yeah, of course. I do want to sort of ask about the the the, the modelling and, and and the reasons behind that and 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 you know and and but I guess before then are you, you well, let me stop you there are you just gonna after that tragic story say tell us a tell us a cartoon <laughs> yes <laughs> you're a horrible no, I'm joking I'm joking I'm joking I've been wait I've been waiting to make you feel like shit but but number number three is it's spot on. So my number three is Thundercats. Ah, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> there's See, nothing, there's not a lot of songs can get me pumped up as much as a Thundercats theme tune. It's the guitar, it's the guitar riff in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, is that the one me, that Thundercats, Thundercats are on the something? Luke's Thundercats are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that to me is like textbook eight. I think they got, like, if you were going to like, grade it for me for an 80s action that is like 10 out of 10 in terms of how they not only is it a catchy and there's a good theme tune like there's a good chorus to it and it has a bit of explaining in it as well because you need a bit of you know exposition but the actual like animation and you're seeing all the all the like the wily kit and wily cat their mum rah and all that coming in oh it's just a it's a joy in itself. I could just watch that a few times and, and be happy. I don't even need to watch the episode. Thundercats was always one of my favourites, and I do own Thundercats Converse as well. And they like I've had them for years, but they are like my pride and joy. I love them, and I always, always wanted to be Chitara when I was little. If I could have been a cartoon character, it would have been Chitara, because she, she was just like, she was badass. Yeah. She didn't mess about Chitara. She had that like pole that it like just got bigger. Yeah. Didn't it, basically, yeah. She was wicked. Yeah, it was so good. If I if I could have been one, I think I'd have been Panthro. I mean, I couldn't have been further from looking like Panthro. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a scrawny, pasty white dude, and um, but I just loved these nunchucks, and that that was it for me. Uh, Stu, who who would you? I, I know you'd have been Schnarr. You'd have been Schnarr. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just going to Google eighties uh, cartoons, just so I don't tread on. Uh, where are we? Eighties theme songs. Here we go. Uh, we like to do we like to do our research during the podcast. You think, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, it's just I don't want to throw some in that that. My, oh, any of yours involve a dog, Stace? <laughs> no. I reckon you've probably missed a trick on this one because I reckon oh. it was your era. 
Dog Tanyon was quite a good theme uh, tune. That was a, that was the first cartoon that I think I had a, like I, I absolutely loved, and 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 Stewie be my top five mate, Dog Tanyon, absolutely. It's a beautiful one, song. One and all for one, Musker hands it. Yeah. See? Oh, it's such a beautiful. Uh, that was. Yeah. I have. I actually have a message <laughs> to. Hang on. I need to find this uh, message that I wrote to my brother. Uh, let's see. So I said, um, like, this is my top five honourable mentions go to worst in tune, hands down, goes to Dog Tanyon and the Three <laughs> Oh, that's 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 the watershed, I think, Stacey, where we, we, we don't agree. Because yeah, oh, I just I don't I remember not really liking the cartoon as well. They scared me. Like they had weird beady eyes and oh no, I just it, I wasn't a fan. I think out of all of the cartoons, it was a bit too nicey nicey. Yeah, it, it really was. I think it's weird you say that because I do like I, I remember watching it and I was about I, I was really young, as I say, this is like five, I remember this thing. And it being really nicey nicey. And the, the strange thing is there's loads of other ones that I, I couldn't get into for that reason. I think once I got to like seven and eight, it was like well, Thundercats and all the other ones that are similar that might be on you or not, or we'll give them shout outs later, which were what a lot more like um action and a bit more violent. Dog Tanyon was definitely me as a kid and the, the softest theme tune. I, I, I really I really did like it for that reason as well. Um, yeah, good shout, Stu, even though you've upset our guests. So <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what's, um, what's your number two then, Stace? Uh, my number two is DuckTales. Oh, so good. Come on, Chris, you can sing that one. Um, you know who we really need to sing this one? is Scroobius Pit. Because a, a, a little story, uh, Stacey, is our buddy, he um, did, uh, he was still gigging at the time. I can't remember what he was, what, what record this was. I don't know. It, it feels like it was around distraction pieces time. And uh, this night was a fucking wicked night because before Pit got on stage, um, he had Brian Gittins do a, a comedy stand-up before him. And Gittins is one of my favourite all-time comedians. Fucking weird dude. Um, I don't think I'd want to follow that. That's a brief uh, minute. <laughs> exactly. And then, he, uh, and then he came on and he just started with the Duck Towels theme tune. <laughs> and it was, it was fucking brilliant, Stacey. Honestly, he nailed it. He got it right. Like, I, I, do, 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 can you remember the lyrics? I always get tongue twisted on, on the... I love it, but I get tongue tied no, on it. I think, no, because... I was more all about the sort of the vibe of it. Like it yeah, was very sort exactly. of big bands and there was like trumpets and there's a lot of wooing in it as well, which I really liked. So it was one of those like ones you wanted to dance around to. Yeah, they nailed the chorus. Ducktails, ooh, da, da, da. yeah, they did. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find the lyrics and then you can tell um pip that i've attempted it and then he can listen Stu, and then he can muck, mock me for all time uh when i try and sing it so if you guys want to have a little talk about it and i'll try and find these lyrics so duck tells he's like uh, if, i mean I, I i sort of remember it, it was, so it was a disney one wasn't it and it was it like yeah. the kind of the, the kids of 
Scrooge like, McDuck and his nephews. Scrooge McDuck, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, do you know what? I'm just thinking now while he's doing that of another one. Yeah, of a wealthy. Was... Scrooge no, no. was good friends with uh, Cyril Sneer. Cyril right. Sneer. Okay. This, this is one. I love the raccoons, but I never got what Cyril Sneer was supposed to be. He's like a full- pink, pink bald aardvark or something <laughs> like that. I had no idea. Yeah, I've got no idea, but I know that one of my one of my mates who's is great with slang. Whenever he's talking about his uh, dick, or his I was just about to say that's my new name for my penis, Pink Bald Aardvark. Oh, <laughs> Whenever he talks about his foreskin, which he's always said he's got an excessively, he's always said he's got too much luggage because <laughs> uh, he's got an excessively long uh, foreskin, or as he calls it, my Cyril. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! You Was didn't sign up for this, Stacey. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Stacey. On the cartoon. Ready? <laughs> shall I sing it? Shall I try? Yes. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck blur. Might solve a mystery. Are we right? History. Ducktails. Woo! Good Every day they're out there making ducktails. Woo! I could continue. Good uh, effort. No, you're right. Um, <laughs> I just want to talk about another one which features uh, smaller versions of uh, 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 of kind of uh, famous characters. And I hope it's not going to... Uh, oh, I better check because it probably was 90s. Is that sounding anything like what your number one might be, Stace? You've been quite no. ambiguous. No, I don't think... No. All right, can I throw yeah, Muppet Babies in? Babies. <laughs> it's oh, not... Yeah. Oh, Muppet Babies. What Muppet. a theme tune. It's, it's not my number one, but that's another one of small things that I had always remembered. And then I'd said to people, oh, remember the Muppet Babies? And they were like, nah, you're making that up. Thinking, did none of you watch cartoons as children? Exactly. Oh, loved Muppet Babies. Yeah, oh, it was, it was really cool. Like, I don't know who came up with the idea. Let's let's do a show about Muppets. Yeah, cool. Making babies. Yep, no problem. It's that. It's absolutely wacky. It's like the person who came up with the Gremlins two fucking thing. Like thing. There's just like every. Do you want a Gremlin that's actually just a vegetable? Yeah. Do you want a spider Gremlin? Yeah. Do you want an electricity Gremlin? Yeah. They just said yes to everything, didn't they? And Muppet babies is a wacky combination too. I'm trying to find. I mean, uh, yeah, I've got it. I, I guess Jim Henson's mind was pretty fucking bananas anyway if you come up with a concept of the muppets and fraggle rock and sesame street it's not a far stretch to create muppet babies really is it i guess not no. i like adventure i like romance i like i like retrogs animal dance sorry i'm gonna stop this now <laughs> oh you didn't even do an animal impression then but the chorus was muppet babies yeah <laughs> then oh guys don't give up the day jobs <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh look before we get to your number one Stace um, so uh, as you, I guess you know on your journey to, to, to recovery uh, how, how did you kind of how did the, the, the modelling thing come about well I mean I had had conversations with, with people because obviously I had never met anyone with no legs I I'd never met anybody else with one leg. 
So, you know, I'm kind of trolling the internet to try and find people like me. And there wasn't a lot of things out there. I mean, there was obviously the Paralympics in 2012 and, you know, the, the, the amputees and things that I know that are Paralympians or parasports people, they are, they're incredible. They're ridiculously superhuman strong. That is not me. I am a tiny little woman. And um, sport was never really my thing because I have absolutely no coordination whatsoever. Like, I mean, I can fall over standing still. You know, it's, it's a running joke. And with pretty much anybody, I know that the, the phrase throw like a girl was coined after me because <laughs> it's, it's um, my sporting ability is just not, I think I was standing in the corner picking my nose when they were handing that out. <laughs> so, so although these sort of Paralympians were great, it was like, that's a whole nother world to me. And I had been talking about it with um, like my best mate, Lindsay, and she said, well, just you do it then. And I was kind of like, yeah, you've got a point there. And I've kind of been thinking about it. And then somebody said to me, you can't do that. And I was like, watch me. Don't tell me I can't do something. And it's it was sort of that way where it wasn't a, just you can't do it it was a you can't do it because you've got no legs and like that's never ever tell me that because you know and I didn't ever think it was going to be as big as it was because what I didn't realize at the time was there was nobody like there was no double amputee models in the UK so in this stubborn I'll show you sort of thing, it's like, you know, you just made history. And I'm like, still, I'm I'm still sort of, you know, it's a bit, I find that a bit mad, but mostly because I don't see why. You know, this was in 2014 and there had never been a double amputee model. Yeah. <laughs> That just seems crazy to me. That, is, that does mm. feel wild, and, and like you, you, I, I like to look back and think, yeah, we, we yeah, we, we, we've been, I've been, we've been living in a quite a progressive society for decades, and then you think that, and you think that's that is quite mad that that was a uh, not something that had been, you know, done before. Before then, yeah. I, I didn't realise that, Stacey. That's quite quite strange. No, neither did I, um, and it was it was very strange how quickly it all happened. It was like I gave one interview to a local Glasgow newspaper and, you know, they got a photographer to come out to the uni where I was um, I was studying at the time and the story went out. Within a week, it was in every national newspaper in the UK. Um, and this was the first round. And then it was like within a couple of months, I had people saying, go Google yourself. And it's not something I ever thought I'd be able to do, but you know, it was like things coming up in Italian, Spanish, French. Um, there was one of my friends, 
um, had messaged me and been like, you're on, you're on the Turkish news. Like you're actually on the Turkish news. And it's like, how the hell is this? What? Um, although my favorite one to date is that I was named the beauty of the week in the Nigerian Herald. I love that. Yeah, Stick it on the CV, Slice. That's amazing. <laughs> One, how does the story get to Nigeria? And, like, thanks very much. That was really yeah. nice. Was, did you find that, you know, from getting that kind of sort of international um, coverage, um, aside from it just being, you know, an incredible, uh, you know, achievement and, and something you should be, you know, super proud of doing, did you find that you was then finding people in similar situations contacting you that had seen your story? Yeah, it was the amount of people I had messaging me on social media was unreal. Um, it was it was sort of like I'd opened up this floodgate to find other people like myself. And I got so many messages of support, it was unreal. I mean, I had messages like, we love you in Canada, um, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I had one specifically that I remember because it just blew me away. It was a woman had messaged me and said, I've just shown my daughter your picture. She loves your tattoos and she wants to be just like you when she grows up. And I, like, I was, to me, that's like probably one of the nicest compliments I've ever had. Like, yeah. she wants to be like me. Like, and it was more that feeling of, this is really something positive. You know, it's, I started doing it just to prove someone wrong, but it, it's turned into this massively positive, like amazing thing that is helping a lot of people. And I mean, I think that's the reason that I kept it going for as long as I did, because my intention was never to be like world famous model. It was to open up channels for other people to come through and have careers, you know, to, to show people it can be done. Um, but I never really had, like, it, there's a lot of newspaper reports that say, you know, going for her dream of being a model. I didn't want to be a model. When I was younger, I wanted to be in theatre. You know, I wanted to be on the stage. I wanted to be singing and dancing. And, you know, like I was always in like amateur shows and, you know, televised shows. Um, I mean, I was about 14, uh, I ended up, showing my knickers on stage on channel four to like the whole of the UK, which is another story, but you know, that was, that was high point in my life. Um, but you know, it wasn't something I ever really wanted to do. So for that, that reason, I, I knew there was going to come a time when for me, it would be time to step back and let other people like keep, keep doing what I had been doing. And I mean, I had a great run of things. I got to go to Croatia, Greece, Moscow. You know, I got to go like all over the world doing this. I got to work with amazing, amazing photographers. 
Um, and, you know, I've got this like little portfolio of photographs of me looking like I never, ever thought I could. And, you know, that's something I'll always have. But, the, yeah, so it was more like the positivity it was sort of generating and the fact that it was making kids feel more normal or, you know, making somebody think that their situation wasn't a dire situation and that, you know, they can do anything they want was the best and most important part of that for me. Wonderful. I can't, I, I, for you to, you know, that, that person, that antagonist who said that, that thing to you and obviously the, um, the, 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 the flesh-eating bacteria itself to pick you, I think they picked the wrong person, really. And, yeah. and, and, in, many, and in many ways, the right person. And, and I don't mean to say I'm, I'm thankful for you to have ever gone through the fucking horrible shit that you did, Stacey, but because you did and because of your, your character, you've, you, you've turned that into, as you said, right from the beginning with your hope and positivity, you've turned that into something way better than a scenario of a what could easily be and could easily be uh, acceptable as a, as a poor me situation, you know? And yeah. I think it must take so much grit to be able to just sort of even go out there and face the world sometimes when we go through these things. And you've done, you've done it, you've gone over and above. And yeah, so. Do you know, yeah. that is not to say it was all positive. I mean, I did get trolled, like properly trolled. And... I found a lot of it quite amusing like and this is where I'm glad I am quite stubborn and you know I have like a mum who's like my mum is like superwoman to me she is the toughest old bird you'll meet and she'll kill me for calling her that um but she always has this fucking ignore them sort of attitude and I like I've I've sort of grown up with that um so I did an interview for People magazine like the US People magazine which was another mad one that was another huge one um and you know in the comments section and on a few other pages it was people like three out of ten wouldn't even bang um, oh my God, look at that cyborg. At least she couldn't run after you. And I'm like, dude, is that the best you've got? Yeah. Like, come on. A cyborgs are cool for a start. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's an own fact. It's... Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, well, three out of 10, well, at least I'm not a one out of 10. Well, <laughs> you know, could be worse. And yeah, I'm reading some of these comments and I'm just like, faceless person on internet trolls like legless chick who's trying to do something positive wow wow yeah. <laughs> and i just thought you know don't respond to it and in my head it was just like god have you got nothing better to do with your time but i did see i was very lucky that um and i'm not sure who it was to this day but obviously people that knew me had found this as well and they were giving these people hell and like some of the stuff they were saying about me was 
is really, really nice. Like we know her and like, she's the most amazing person and you have no idea what you're talking about. And I wanted to sort of chirp in and be like, don't bother. But then, you know, me writing on that would probably have been very counteractive. Yeah. Counterproductive. Um, so I just sort of left it alone and let them get on with it. Cause you know, what other people think of me is none of my business. Well, it's such a it's such a wormhole opinion on on the internet, isn't it, Stacey? You know, look, you, you don't know the age of that. First, you don't know the age of that person. You don't know how long they've thought about that comment before they made it, and yet that comment can be destructive for anyone. You know, um, yeah. if me and Stu, me and Stu for, lost all versions of self esteem many many years ago, so our people insulting us now is like we're just we're just you know it's just we're dead dead inside, but. Other people, it can be fucking really destructive if you don't have that ability to cope with what's being yeah. said to you. you know? I think I think that's it's one of the bigger problems with the internet now is it's giving people and people who shouldn't really have an open platform yeah. an open platform to say whatever the hell comes into their mind, and you know, you just think I wouldn't want to be inside their mind. I don't yeah. understand what people get out of being dickheads to strangers. I think that I think there's something inside them, Stacey, that you know is, makes them very unhappy. And I, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for that scenario. And but the the, the the weird thing is, if you don't, you can't. I'd rather us have free speech and have these people saying this shit. Then the 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 other end of it, which is we don't allow people to say whatever. At least I know that oh you're a dickhead, right? Okay, well thanks for revealing that, and yeah, I feel so sorry for you because you're a twat, you know. Yeah, I mean I absolutely agree with the freedom of speech, but I think the problem we have now is that people don't realise freedom of speech does not mean free from consequence. Absolutely, and they think have they to be accountable. Yeah, yeah, completely. They think they can be as hateful and derogatory and bigoted as they want, and it will not come back back to bite them in the ass. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, 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 that's so that's so the truth of it. When people think that they can say what they want, there's always going to be a re repercussion to whatever you say or do, and and you know, often often rightly so. Yeah, I can I couldn't agree more. And I'm concerned that. You know, I, I guarantee that all of our listeners are just head over heels in love with you at the moment, Stace, and just, you know, your story's absolutely inspiring. <laughs> and the pressure to not just fuck it up now with your number one being shit is concerning me. So you need to deliver the fucking goods here. Sharky and George. Oh, that's incredible! <laughs> what a choice! What a choice! What a choice! That is... That is a feat. Oh, I'm so impressed, Stacey. When you were talking about <laughs> Chippendale, when you talked about Chippendale earlier, I was I started thinking about not that I wasn't listening to what you were saying, but I was starting to think about Sharky and George, and I was like, fuck me, that was a theme tune. It is the oh. Oh, it's amazing. It was so amazing. And it was, I think for a lot of kids, it was their first sort of introduction into sort of like bluesy, funky sort of music. Um, and it's one that has always been my number one cartoon theme tune. Um, I think through the ages, although if you go on a bit later, you've got things like Pinky and the Brain, which is 
I had to stop before that because if I had gone sort of into the 90s, I would have been like, I would have been sitting here going, I can't do it, guys, I can't do it. <laughs> so I had to stop sort of on the cusp, like the, at 1990 almost. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Sharky and George was just, it was quality. <laughs> and, to sing you a bit? Yes, please. <laughs> Sharky and George, the crime busters of the sea. Da -da 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 -da. Sharky <laughs> and George, they'll solve any mystery. There you go. I've I've never said I've, I've literally just googled it and and I've got an image of like um a, a pink shark in a trilby, uh and and a little fish that that the fins almost look like a sort of little mohawk. Um, I've never seen it. What, what, what's the what's the story with uh, with, with Sharky and George? Well, they are the crime busters of the sea. Okay, no, we just explained it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing! Well, because the thing was, Stacey, it was on a, it was a, one of those ones that was on. I'm trying to think. Wasn't it like Channel Four, like early morning? It wasn't like yeah, it was Saturday. Like Saturday that was the Saturday morning bowl of cereal in front of the telly, mm. watching cartoons. Um, and they didn't even, I'm pretty sure there was, like, there was only, like, a handful of episodes. There wasn't a massive amount of episodes of that ever made. So it kind of tells you how good it was to stick with people. You know, what are, oh, God, I don't even want to think about the fact that it's 30 years later. Um, <laughs> like, 30 years later, people still talk about it. And there was only a handful of episodes made, you know. Good yeah, job. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. So I'm just having a look now. It, there, um, there wasn't, you know, hundreds of episodes of it. In terms of cartoons, they normally ran for fucking god knows where. Do you know its country of origin? I never knew this was uh, Canada and France. I have mm -hmm. no idea with that. Um, makes sense with the theme tune and stuff now. Um, but yeah, I, it was an absolute. It's a, it's a great one. That it's a bit indie as well. It's not. Um, not everyone sort of like got so much exposure to Sharky and George, but it was a it was a cracking one. Uh, yeah, for sure. Good choice, Stacey. So before we wrap it up, has anyone got any sort of honourable mentions they want to throw in? What, what, go on, Stacey. Someone's got a list. No, I do. Uh, we've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Of course. Textbook. Great shout. The Real Ghostbusters. Just going to say that, yeah. Bucky O'Hare. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Darkwing Duck. What one's that? Darkwing Duck? Darkwing Duck. You've got me on that one. I don't know that one. Oh. I'm going to have to I check to it out. I need to find the theme tune. Because, like, we went through the other couple. So I've got another couple that we've got. It's like Count Docula and stuff yeah. like that. But, um, Darkwing Duck. It's starting to ring a bell out now, Darkwing Duck. Can you remember... Um, was it Phileas Fogg, like 80 days? Oh, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That had quite a good theme tune. We used to watch that with my nana. Um, so my mum was at work, my nana... I'm not to... that old, Stace. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, we... <laughs> so when my mum was at work, my nana used to come round and look after me and my brother. And um, that was one of her favourites to watch with us. And there's a, a clock on a roundabout near where I live. 
And to this day, we still call it the Willie Fog Roundabout because yes. when we were little, that was like, we thought it was one of the things that he flew around in the cartoon and it's still still known as that. That's amazing. Can anyone remember one called Ulysses? Yeah, so I was going to shout that out. And uh, and um, the City of Gold as well. Oh, yeah. Like, really good theme tune. Ulysses... Um, I mean, I want some of whatever the creators of that were smoking. Yeah. That was was nuts. Yeah, it was proper mad, that. It made me feel a little bit depressed sometimes watching Ulysses, because didn't, like, like, their whole family all just get frozen in that city? They all just frozen there. I was like, that's quite a deep deep subject matter, really. Um, And then there was Jason and the Wild Warriors. That was pretty dope. That That had such an Eddie Van Halen theme tune. It was unreal. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. But yeah, no, Ulysses, I actually messaged my brother about this as well. And I said, I always find a, a weird concept. Floaty people, because they made the gods of Olympus mad, but they have to find Hades with no gravity and it's set in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It got me ready for watching manga, I think, Ulysses. Definitely. That manga is absolutely fucking batshit crazy. So, yeah. For sure. Um, can I shout out a few more? Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Um, no, Danger Inspector Mouse. Gadget. I think you've covered Oh, Danger Mouse was obviously Danger a great Mouse one. Danger Mouse was a good one as well. And the Raggy Doll Steam Chin was quite a good one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was, it was, I think it was a bit more aimed... I don't want to say at girls because now I'd get in trouble for that, but in the, <laughs> like, in the 80s, I think it was supposed to be like a girly cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was one of the sort like we were talking about what was it, Dog Tanyon. Yeah. Raggy yeah. Dolls was one of the very few uh cartoons that I would watch that wasn't about someone smashing someone's head in with a sword. Unfortunately, like the things like Ninja Turtles, Thundercats, Transformers, all those ones, Dungeons and Dragons, they were the ones that I was attracted to. But Dog Tanyon and actually Raggy Dolls was a really soft Soft TV show that I, I actually really enjoyed watching. They'd crafted it really well. Um, I, think I, I like the Raggy Dolls, um, especially Sad Sack. So, sad yeah. Sack. Cool. <laughs> and you wouldn't find a cartoon character called Sad Sack now. No. You no. shouldn't be allowed to do that. I, uh, but also all of them kind of action cartoons that you mentioned in the kind of sort of mid to late 80s, Chris, like... There was also the kind of the softer side to them things as well. There was like Care Bears, Gummy Bears. What a tune that was. That's that's another good theme tune. Gummy Bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. That was great. Um, What was was the other one that was like, was it like, they weren't like Heffalumps. What were they called? It was like... um, Babar. <laughs> no, oh, oh that oh, was God. That's re- yeah, that's quite old. That's like when I was a kid. Um, oh, no, I, was... I still remember it as well. I don't think I was ever really a massive fan of that because I think I used to watch it and I was like this, like cool little girl who was a tomboy and who was in all the action cartoons, and I'd watch that and be like, Egh. yeah, I, I was the same. I, I wasn't. I was. I was. I was flicking the channel when Baba came on. You know. What was no? There was another one that come out that was a toy range like Care Bears and Gummy Bears. Right. Uh, and it was Wuzzles. Wuzzles. Wuzzles or Wuzzles, yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah. showing my age now, aren't I? 
dear. He-Man. He-Man obviously had quite a catchy theme tune. But yeah. a lot of talking. Lots of talk, lots of exposition in fucking He-Man, just to the, get you caught up. The problem with the He-Man cartoon for me is that it was also when, round about the same time when Masters of the Universe movie with Dolph oh, Lundgren yeah. came out, and I fucking loved that movie. It's like yeah. one of my all-time childhood favourites. I, I watched if, that for the first time. If that comes on now, I'll watch it. Honestly, if it came on oh, TV I'd now, I'd, be like, I'd watch it. Yeah. Is am I right in saying Courtney Cox is in it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I literally turned Again, over. Courtney Cox. <laughs> I, uh, Shira had a good tune. Mm-hmm. Shira was dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, I like the villain in Shira. I thought he was quite good. Can't remember his name now, but yeah. Right. Well, I guess. Um, We've kind of come to the, the, the end of the pod chat. Um, Stace, when we put this out, are you happy for us to sort of tag you in the post for it? And if any of our, our, uh, our dangerous loners of listeners want to uh, follow you and, uh, and watch your story, then uh, is that cool with you? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Wicked. Stace, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to, to meet you and, 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 to, and, and to hear, you know, what a, a cracker's yeah. journey and our, and our our inspiring, you know, what a, a, an inspiring person you've, you know, you, you, you've become and, and, and yeah, just offering that kind of inspiration to other people and to kind of get that influx of, of messages you said that, you know, just opened up the floodgates. That's, you know, that's something you should be fiercely proud of, of, of opening them floodgates to, to people to come and talk to you. Oh, I am. Shocks. I don't take compliments too well, so I'm a bit like, oh. Thank you so much. It's been a great chat. Um, and yeah, your top five was epic. You didn't disappoint on the cartoon front either. So wonderful stuff. I, I had a good laugh today. So thanks. And lovely to meet you as well. You too. Wonderful. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.